Let's read it again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my Redeemer. Heavenly Father, we're your people. We ask, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself strong as our God, our Lord, our comfort, our teacher, our guide, our hope, our everything. Speak to us, God. I pray that you would remove every distraction, everything that we're, we've carried into this tabernacle here this morning in this temple. God, that we've gone through through the week, we just lay it aside. And for just a few moments, we need to hear from heaven. So, God, I pray for every heavy heart, every burdened heart, every busy life, every situation, every body that needs a physical healing, every heart that needs an emotional healing, Lord, every financial need that needs to be met. I pray that as we speak and declare your word over our lives, that you're going to give us revelation and impartation, and you will show us exactly how strong and how who you are is our everything in our time together. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time today, we normally provide the lyrics for the songs and the biblical text so that you can follow along. We again apologize for that inconvenience. Please come back next Sunday, and we will be much better prepared for you. In regards to our series that God has had us locked in here over the last several weeks, uh, and I, by typical and general rule, am not much of a series type of pastor or, or minister, um, but God has just had me locked in on this concept of breakthrough and what he's doing in our lives and in our church as a right now kind of thing. And so, so we've been lodged there. We, we've camped out there a little bit and that season we began. Uh, however, I believe personally, I feel that it's been life changing. I feel that God is changing our culture. It's been culture changing. It's been, I know that it's been family changing. It's been church changing. And the ultimate goal is to be community changing. We've been given a prophetic declaration that we are in a season of breakthrough. Can I get an amen right there from anybody? The Holy Spirit has spoken to us about breakthrough. The culture of breakthrough and how to live in a sustained season of breakthrough. Learning to speak the language of breakthrough. And now he's working with us through our challenges to living in that sustained season and love level and breakthrough and freedom and liberty in him. Living in a sustained season of breakthrough is wonderful when it's for a moment, but it's even more grand when you have multiple days that are great and multiple weeks and months. And then ultimately the goal is years enjoying the blessings of God and his pleasure. But to each and every life, there are times, there are seasons, there will be hills, there will be valleys, there will be joys and smiles and laughter, and there will be moments of heartbreak. There will be moments of silence when there are no more words to speak. We will encounter happenings, but our happiness must never be based or deduced to happenings. The joy, the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's my delight and my contentment and having a relationship with God that gets me through my happenings, that gets me through my ups and downs, that serves as my spiritual, mental, emotional, and relational equilibrium. It helps me avoid spiritual, mental, and relational vertigo, if you will. What balances our life is the joy of the Lord. Knowing and realizing that my life is not what I'm going through, my life is what I am going to. 
My life is not what I'm going through. My life is what I am going to. Heaven is so much sweeter than earth. There's much contention. There's much struggle and there's much strife here on earth. There's much humanity. We are living under the influences of the curse of sin. But once, once we are fully redeemed and fully glorified and we enter the presence of the Lord forever, that is the end and ultimate goal. It does not get any better than this. But in the meantime, while we're clothed and wrapped with humanity, how do we live with God on earth? There's multiple factors that how we sustain this level of breakthrough and, and joy and liberty and a spirit full of faith and expectation last week. The Holy Spirit dealt with us on the challenge of unforgiveness and the impact that offenses have upon our lives when we choose to retain them. I mean, someone can make you mad, and you can stay mad as long as you want to stay mad. You don't believe me? Surely you do. No elbows flying, no, no glaring looks. You and I, when we receive an offense, we can choose to either retain it, we can choose to let it go. Once you choose to let it go, you can get happy again. But as long as you retain it, you can be as mad as you choose. You choose not the action of the person, but you get to choose the response to their action of just how offended you are. If you've never been offended, you've not breathed more than a few days. It's if even babies are offended. They're nice and warm and snuggled. But when they're birthed, they come out and now it's light, it's bright, and it's cold. Now they can get mad and say, I don't like this life. Or they can choose to trust that it's going to be okay. Keep breathing, keep living, and learn that it's all going to be all right. It's like that when we're offended. Until you let it go. Until you let them go. Until you let what happened go behind you. You will never know the joys of breakthrough and freedom and liberty. As long as we choose to retain them, they will restrict our lives. And when we choose to release them, and, and this uh, it's a powerful thing. I received a beautiful testimony last Sunday night of how someone uh, who came to came to church and hadn't been in, in church and I won't give you all the details but hadn't been to church in many years but decided to I'm going to go at the at the request of a loved one and and so that individual came and heard directly from God for their lives spent the rest of the afternoon calling those people that they had issues with someone that was in a very a disadvantageous situation, and that's putting putting it kindly. But that individual, through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to call the other offending individual and say, I forgive you. I release you. It's okay. I will be all right. I'm moving forward past this day. That is the joy of the Lord, and that is choosing to live in a season of breakthrough. In this season of pursuing God's heart, and direction for our personal lives and for our church. There is a, this closing gap between what I know and what I live. There's a difference in what we know to do and what we actually do. Oh, as pastors and 
I'm often reminded how it's easy to have the answer for other people, but when you have to walk it out in your own life, it's much more challenging. Our prayer and our pursuit is God close the gap from what I know and what I live. Close the gap, dear God, of what I know to do right and empower me that there's not hypocrisy and much great grand discrepancy between who I really am and what I know to be. A key to making adjustment in our lives is understanding the biblical principle of pruning. Responding well in a season of pruning. If you're going to live in a sustained season of breakthrough, not everyone will go with you. There's habits that you and I have now we can't take into a new level. See, most of our lives, we, we want God to accommodate where we are now, but make our lives what we dreamed it, it, we really wish it was. But oftentimes, those adjustments require pruning. John said it this way in 15th chapter, 2nd verse. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Hebrews 12 and 6 says, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. In order for us to live in a sustained season of breakthrough, there must be an evaluation of the heart and our adjustment to our thinking. In his book, The Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster deals greatly with this discipline of meditation for spiritual growth and development. And, and don't get nervous. I'm not talking about getting crystals and, and going into trances and seances. Meditation meaning being reflective and actually thinking about what you're doing. We, are talking of, we aren't talking of mystical moments of other religions, but rather learning to spend quality time with God and to learn the views of God toward us. Foster, in his book, That Celebration of Discipline, deals with the biblical witnesses and how authors of Scripture use two different Hebrew words to convey the same idea of meditation. And together, they're used some 58 times in Scripture. He speaks of hearing and obeying, desiring the living voice of God and sanctifying our imagination, what we think about. I believe that changing our thinking changes our doing. Have you ever gotten frustrated with your children and had to ask them to slow down and think about what they're doing? Because we know that they've been told to do right. You go down the hall, you see the dirty room, the bed is not made, the dirty clothes are still there, a wet towel is still in the floor. And, they, you know, three days' worth of clothes are still there. They know where the hamper is. They know where the laundry room is located in your house. Uh, y'all must have just raised kids so long ago, y'all didn't have enough clothes for them to get dirty and resign. We have seven, six people in my house. Laundry is a daily thing. If it's not a daily thing, there is a problem in our household. Our kids know what to do but often aren't motivated to do the right things. Now, they want to go to ball practice on time. They want to go to the games on time. They want to take the trip on time, and they want to do all those things. But when it comes to getting up early for school, I don't know about you, but at my house, I have to institute an 8 o'clock rule. I teach them at a very early age. If the first number on the clock on the stove is a 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7, go back to bed. You cannot move loudly until the first number is an eight on a Saturday. What is it? 
During the week, you have to get a crane and a tow motor just to get them out of the bed. But on Saturdays, they're shouting hallelujahs, can't wait to watch cartoons. <laughs> Nowadays, they just want a device. They want a tablet, they want an Xbox, or they want my phone. I'll wake up trying to check what time it is on my phone, and my phone is nowhere to be found. I know I put it on charge. I know it was on my nightstand, and I'll just have to say, Ben or Ruth, and I can find my phone. Changing this, this meditational mindset and slowing down to hear from God. My kids know what's expected of them, but they don't always do it. If it's like that with our kids and our Heavenly Father looks down upon us, do you think not that sometimes he seems, sees the same discrepancies in our behavior? I've told you what to do. You know what to do. Slowing down and hearing and obeying God is the only way you will live in a sustained season of breakthrough. I believe that changing our thinking changes our doing. Changing our being changes our doing. A honeybee never wakes up and wonders what kind of day they're going to have. Just doesn't happen. The average lifespan for a producing honeybee is average of six weeks. And then they die. They're on a mission from the very moment of first flight. They're resolute. They really have two goals. Serve the queen. Make honey. Serve the queen. Make honey. You didn't know you were coming to a marriage conference, did you? <laughs> Serve the queen. Make honey. When you serve the queen, you make... Why, why would it be so simple for the honeybee when we all enjoy the fruit of their labor? But the honeybee doesn't worry about looking like a wasp. He's not concerned of mourning the thought that he wished he could be a, in a cocoon and be trapped like the eventual butterfly. The honeybee understands very well, I have six weeks to live my life. It's a limited season. I have to be and do what I've dest been destined and called to be and to do. If we would get a fresh look at our lives, the frivolous things that we stay offended and upset about and disturbed about and spend so much time trying to discuss and deliberate and work out on our own through rationale and reasoning, if we would get back to being God's child, God's son, and God's daughter, and get simply focused on his purpose and his plan for our lives, then our being and our doing would not only be congruent, but we would be much more fulfilled and be able to sustain a season of breakthrough. Can you give the Lord praise right there? If we would become more simplistic in our approach to life, what do you think it would look like? Serve the king, do what he asks. Serve the king, do as he asks. Serve the king, do all that he wants me to do. Serve the king, make him Lord of my life. Serve the king and be fulfilled in my life's mission. Holy Spirit has taken me to this scripture of Psalms chapter 19. In verses 1 through 3, as we read verse 14 in the same chapter, the, the, the preceding verses of 1 through 3 say this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no such speak nor language where their voice is not heard. Nature, 
It's my favorite place on earth and favorite place to go to retreat. The reason I love warmer weather is because I love being outside. It's just not fun to be outside when it's cold to me. I enjoy being outside with it about 55 and above. That's just my preference. The reason I do that and I love warmer weather is I, I love the outdoors with everything in full bloom and vitality and life. I love the sunshine. I love some vitamin D. Not in a peel bottle, some, some natural, God-given vitamin D. I love the secular perpetuation of the mes methods and the cycles all of life. I enjoy mowing the lawn. That's therapy for me. It's freedom from to-do lists. It's freedom from kids. It's freedom from life. It's a hum of a motor and me and Jesus. I love mowing my yard. It's great. I love both the mountains I love the ocean. It reminds me of the beauty and the greatness of God's creation. Therefore, power and his sovereignty and the goodness of our creator. It speaks to me about the glory of God and it produces a sense of gratitude within me. I skip down and I read this same text of Psalms 19 and verse 7 through 11 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statute of the Lord's are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than fine gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. There is great reward in understanding our God and his attributes and his character, who he is, his love, and his mercy. Verses 12 and 13 state this, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me that I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. As I read this text and it speaks of being reflective, spending time with God, meditating, thinking proper thoughts so that I might do proper things, I notice that it's hard to see our own faults and easy to see the faults of others. We look at our own hearts objectively and we have to judge and analyze and critique and adjust our own sin. We have developed, however, an elaborate system of self-justification. It's not wrong for us because, well, that's us and we have a good heart. Our thoughts were good. Our, our motives were good. Well, I know I sinned, but I, I, I wasn't motivated to sin, so that makes it okay. If it were only that simple. Psalms 139 and 23 says this in the New American Standard. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any, be any wicked, the King James says, or New American Standard says, hurtful way. In me and lead me in the everlasting way. 
This verse memorized and practiced needs to be the reality of our lives. We understand God wants us to watch what we say, but also God wants us to watch what we do. James 3 and 5 in the New American Standard says, So also the tongue, see how great a forest that it sets aflame by such a small fire. Equally important, allow God to deal with the meditations of the heart. He wants my inward and hidden meditations to be pleasing and honorable to him. This includes the thing I think about and the things that I rehearse over and over in my mind. This also includes self-talk and mumbling to myself, not just talking about the difficulties or difficulties I have with myself or with others, but thoughts about ourselves brother where's where's josh kodak josh you still here i've had to get on brother josh a, a few times this week and uh he, he don't get back it's so much fun it's like i, I wish my kids were as good as josh because my kids will talk back if i go to get on them and, uh, but josh he, i've had to fuss at josh a little bit because uh, I'm, I'm gonna put all of his stuff out there in front of god and everybody this morning J- J- josh has josh has a one remaining one remaining struggle and that is every once in a while his mouth will rehearse his past. The devil loves to remind Josh of who Josh used to be. The devil loves to try to remind Josh as a disqualifying factor as, yeah, but you, used, you used to do this. You've, you've done that in your past. And so therefore, when Josh comes into this sanctuary, although his relationship with God is pristine and pure and holy and righteous, in fact, he's converted our old nursery to his prayer room. You don't know this, but for the last several months, he and I get together about 9 o'clock. We go through the song set, and then when, I, when we're done, he will go and he will find a room in this house. And he will spend the next hour and hour and 15 minutes seeking God. When he comes out of that room, his face is as red as clay shirt, and he's still wiping tears. And that's his oasis, and that's his time with God. Josh, however, is still dealing with the remnants of the devil's identity for Josh's life. And he's learning to adjust to the identity that he has in God. Let me give an example. Uh, it comes out from all of us. I'm no good. I always do everything wrong. I'll never amount to anything. That's the speech and that's the culture and that's the language of someone who has an improper balance of their image. Because our image is through Christ. Our image in the heavenlies is I am redeemed, I am pure, I am the righteousness of God, I am the chosen, I am the elect, I am the highly favored, I am greatly loved, and I am I'm deeply loved, and I am greatly blessed. I have my faults, I have my humanities, I have my frailties, I have my hang-ups, I have my concerns, but I am loved by God, and he sings over me every day. The word says that his mercies for my life are renewed every morning. What does that tell me? God releases my offense to him every single day and every day is a clean slate and a brand new opportunity it's a new identity it's a new purpose it's a renewed sense that I do have a future I do have a hope and I am not what I've done I am who he says I am We only get that sense of liberation, new identity, by spending enough time with God till you reach the point you get to forgive yourself. Some of your biggest struggles, some of my, not some of, my greatest struggle is forgiving myself. I really don't need critics. I really don't. Shannon, Shannon can tell you. 
I, I often am my largest and deepest and most harshest critic. And when I do something wrong that I know is wrong, I too can struggle with the struggle of shame. If you don't identify, praise God that that's not your spiritual struggle. Just be careful you don't swing the other way and fall into pride. But mine is shame. Mine's the other end. There's times I have to pick myself up when I see my humanity and say, God, I am not fit to be that. I am not fit to do that. I am not fit or qualified to say that. And he reminds me through his love, grace, and compassion, son, you are who I say you are, and you are the redeemed. Anything and everything you've done, I've already cleansed. I don't remember it against you anymore. It's cast as far as the east is from the rest. This is who you are. This is where you are, and this is what I need you to do. Now pick up your bootstraps and obey me. You told me you wanted me to move in your life. You told me you wanted me to move in your family. You told me you wanted me to bless your children. You told me you wanted me to bless the fruits of your labor in the ministry. Son, all you have to do is be who I've called you to be and the doing will take care of itself. Meditate upon my will and plan for your life day and night and see that my favor will not prepare the way in your life. Going back to this morning, I came a little earlier and had an appointment, an early appointment here and I came a couple hours before that and I laid right here and I said, God, this week I want to repent. As I've been working for the Lord, I got so busy. I spent more time doing the work than I spent more time with the Lord. And I said, God, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Readjusting our priorities is a constant thing. And our spiritual journey as we grow to new heights, deeper depths, greater widths and greater depths. Thoughts about God. We can never say God doesn't care about me. I have disappointed him. There's no help for me. God is out to get me. When, we, when will the axe fall? When is my life going to come crashing down, rehearsing our mistakes and our shortcomings over and over? Uh, it, it can't be anything. We can't be anything. It draws our attention away from God and his truth and how he feels and thinks about you. I want my heart meditations to bring glory to God and to release his joy in my life. I must learn to judge my thoughts with truth and reject the lies of the accuser of the brethren that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I must remind myself that I am saved, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and God does not possess an eraser, that he looks for to bless me, that he loves me, even with my humanity. He knows I'm restricted by my thoughts and my behaviors due to what I know and what I don't know. And oftentimes what we don't know is that God loves us, God wants to do great things in and for us, and he does not give up on us as quickly as we give up on us. We need to be reminded that God has a plan and God loves you and he's working that plan for your good. If you believe that this morning, can you give him praise right there? The word of God is the major weapon in purifying our meditations. The word of God is our tool for sanctifying our meditation. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty 
through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know that every time you say something bad about another believer, you have gone and you have exhausted your own imagination above God. And you have hurt God's heart because what you did is you just tried to curse one of God's child, one of his children. If I say something ugly about Miss Julie, and I wouldn't dare do that because Brother David would get me. But if I said something, then that's God sees God has an offense and problem with me because I have said something negative and disparaging towards his child. I'm his child and she's his child. And how many know you love to, you just love to hear your children fight with each other, don't you? You just love it, right? No, you don't love it. I abhor it. And most of the time, it's over the silliest, most minute, craziest of things. He wore my socks. Who cares? They're both dirty and they're both stinky. We'll wash them. The simplest of little things. We, we, we laugh at that, and that's lighthearted. But, folks, we often, as adults, repeat the same behaviors. If your attitude is stinky, it's stinky. It needs to be cleansed and renewed by the meditation of your heart. I want to take an inward uh, meditational thought and examine my heart and my life and take into captive every negative thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You can't think negative thoughts about you and your family and your life and your future and even what you're going through and live in a sustained season of victory and breakthrough. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The more we fill our hearts and our minds with God and his words, the less we will be anxious over the affairs of life. Better our response to life will be and more peace and more joy we will walk in, live in, and experience when we're dwelling on the Lord. How many know if you get up and you spend five minutes with God, your day's better? Just spend the first five minutes with God. Even it's, even it's while you're brushing your teeth. Spend, spend five intentional moments talking to God. And wait about two or three minutes for him to talk back. Changes your day. Versus getting out like, I'm late, I don't want to get up, I'm overslept. And you're rushing, you're going, and you're out the door, and you forget 14 things before you even leave. Spend a few minutes with God. Gather yourself and set in order your day. Lord, you're first in my life today. Out of all the things that I'm required to do, the first thing I must do is spend time with you. See, it's changing that, that, that culture and changing those habits. God, I will meditate upon you day and night. Scripture tells us to pray without. How do you do that? How do you pray all the time? You would never get anything done. It's having an attitude and a spirit of prayer and supplication and meditating upon the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. That's a sermon right there. Probably the best four-word sermon title I could come up with. Be anxious for nothing. We live in an anxious society. Don't believe me? Just watch your neighbor at a red light. Just watch him. Boom! Sunday will take off like a, like a jet. We're anxious. We're always in a hurry. Be, but in everything, by prayer 
and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. My declaration is God's peace is guarding my heart and my mind. Never forget we are in a spiritual battle for your heart and your mind. I'm sharing with someone earlier this week. says, I, I, I just don't know how to move forward. I, I just don't know how to let go. I, I just don't know how to live in the next moment. You know, sometimes you have to lead your own heart. You have to make a decision to love, to release, to trust, to forgive, to try again. You have to convince yourself, I'm getting up. I'm going to work today. I'm living. I'm going to have a good day. Sometimes you have to encourage your own self in the Lord. Can I get an amen from anybody who's had to do that? You have to encourage yourself. How do we do that? By meditating on God's strength for our life. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10. I came that you might have life and life more abundant. There's a value here that, I, that as I'm preparing to close, I don't want you to forget. There's a great value in repentance. Romans 2 and 4 says I, 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 that, that we need to look and examine our life. And in this process, we need to learn to look at our own shortcomings, our mistakes, our sins. And we need to go to God. And we need to repent. And we need to receive his forgiveness. But here's the clincher. We need to leave it there. There are times I go over things that I've done wrong over and over and over and over again. My failures, my disappointments, my, my things that I hold against me, the things that I have that I meditate upon. When I do, I never receive peace. But peace will always come with repentance. Repentance is not just sorrow and turning from sin, but true repentance, there must be a turning to God. God, I can't. That's the other half. That's the other half of repentance. It's not just returning from the sin, but it's turning to God and say, Lord, I need your help in this area. You are my strength and my delight. Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. Repentance brings the refreshing from God. Acts 3 and 19 says, therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Reminded of uh, probably my, perhaps obviously next to Jesus, my next favorite character in the Bible will be the life of David. Now I've drawn great comfort from the life of David and it doesn't excuse his, his sin or justifies a couple of his foolish decisions and mistakes, but David as a man, he sinned and he made mistakes and he had, had those shortcomings. But Acts 13 and 22 says this, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do my will. Imagine God saying of you, I've found a man after my own heart who will do my will. Imagine being renewed in your mind so much. That you're encouraged and strengthened by the fact that God, when you wake up in the morning, says, they're awake. She's awake. I can count on her today. She's going to do my will. I can count on her. She's going to accomplish everything that I have planned for her today. And God being excited about the mere fact of you waking up. That'd be awesome. Either God is a good and faithful God or he's not. What I do believe and what, what reality do I choose to walk in, however, is up to me. Do I trust God with my past or am I only willing to trust him with my future? 
You see, the, the, the amazing shift here is that all, all of us have never really truly seen God. We, we've seen him metaphorically, but we've never seen God. And we're trusting him for an eternal future that we have not even gotten to yet. But it's so challenging to trust him with our past and our history that we already know really exist. Why is it easier to trust God with the unknown than the known? How we work through those is proper meditation of the heart and dealing with his purpose and his plan for our life. My grandmother used to say to me, you are what you eat. She was concerned about me because I only ate gravy and biscuits and peanut butter and jelly and Rice Krispies. That was my diet for many years, and I'd be ashamed to tell you how many years of my life. My granny would say that, and that was my, my diet. She would fix a great spread, and I would get mashed potatoes and a roll and be done. There'd be green beans, turkey, ham, all the fixings, all kinds of vegetables. I don't even know what, what, what kind of vegetables do they have other than green beans. Peas. What? Corn, yeah. Beans, carrots, all those stuff. I just never ate them. So if it's not a potato and bread and meat, I didn't eat it. She was greatly concerned about me. My little granny Margie, she's about four foot eight. She's greatly concerned. She'd, she'd tell me all the time, son, you are what you eat. I'm like, I'm pretty awesome then, right? I mean, gravy and biscuits, peanut butter. Everybody loves peanut butter and jelly. I'm, I'm pretty great. No, son, you, you are what you eat. But the greater truth, what Granny Margie was trying to get me to understand was, son, you are what you think. Because I would, she would offer me new things, and I would say, no, I don't like that. And you know her response. How do you know? Have you tried it? I'm going to ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been extremely happy, full, and living life in a season of breakthrough? How do you know? Have you tried it? What is it that you're afraid to try? What is it that God could be offering you? What is it that God be give, could be giving you an opportunity to do and explore, but you're afraid and you haven't tried it? The meditation of your heart. Trust God. You're going to have to re-examine and recultivate and renew. There may be some things you need to add into your daily routine. There might be some things you need to take out of your daily routine. There might be some thoughts about your own self that you need to change in order to live in a sustained level. If you're going through a difficult time, you need that's when you definitely need to encourage yourself in the Lord. When you wake up and your feet hit the floor, you need to say, I'm blessed of the Lord. And I don't see how a way I'm going to make it today, but God, you've got an answer. And you've got provision for me right on time. Even if you're broke, you need to say, Lord, I thank you. You're going to send somebody to buy me lunch today. God, I thank you. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'm going to be. But God, when you meet my need, I'm going to be faithful to, to praise you for it. I'm going to be faithful to give you the proper things. God, if you're lonely this way, Lord, I thank you that you're sending people into my life. And I don't want to know what they look like. And further, God, I don't care what they look. I thank you, God, that you're putting good people into my life. And obviously, if I'm going through this, there's some people and some things that I needed to be free from. And what you're leading me to is greater than the things that I've lost and what I've been through. I thank you that your promises for me are yea and amen. You have good plans for me. You've got great 
great things in store and I'm changing the meditation of my heart. I'm not going to be dealing with what happened to me or what I did. I got, I'm changing my mind and my meditation to what you have for me now and what you have for me in my future. I'm not living life through a, through a rear view lens. I'm looking forward to the things that are ahead of me. You're going to renew my mind, my marriage, my finances, my time. You're going to heal my body. You're going to heal my spirit. You're going to heal my soul. You're going to heal my worship. You're going to heal my faith. You're going to heal my mindset. And everything within me will be whole. I'm changing my mind about it. Stand with me if you will. I don't know what you need to change your mind about today, but you need to let it go. Change your mind about it. God loves you. God has plans for you. God has great things for you. You are not what you've been through. You are who God says that you are. And that's you're the chosen. You're the loved by God. You are the elect of God. You're greatly blessed, deeply loved, and highly favored. And God has not given up on you. God's not given up on your marriage, have you? God's not given up on your children, have you? God's not given up on your health and your body and your restoration, have you? Don't be afraid to try it. You might like it. Trust God. Change, change your mindset. Don't be afraid for God to do something new in your life. God loves you and he only has good things for you. This meditation and changing how we think is how we're going to live in a sustained season of breakthrough and liberty of hope, help, and healing. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this delegation here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the hearts of men and women and children who are here today that need your word, need to be reminded of just how much you love them and care for them and how much they are in need of you. Lord, help us to change our, our mindset by meditating on you day and night. Lord, may the meditation of our heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God, may my thoughts about myself and my thoughts about others be pure and holy and righteous be fitting in your presence. May they be honorable. May they be holy. Lord, I pray for here this morning, God, for the people who need to be encouraged and reminded you've not given up on them. And they're not what they've gone through. They're not what they've done. And they are not what's been done to them. But God, they are the chosen of God, the elect, the highly favored, greatly blessed and deeply loved. You have great things in store for them. God, as we repent today of bad thoughts and bad things we've said about ourselves and bad things maybe, God, we've even said about others. God, we want to be free from that. And in our repentance, God, we're not just turning away from those same thoughts and that meditation and those thought processes. But, God, we're turning to you, asking you to cleanse our heart, make us pure, make us righteous, make us holy. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice of your Son. We thank you, Lord, for the peace through your power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the empowerment to walk this out. God, as you're doing great things in our church and it's giving us a season of breakthrough, I thank you for the liberty, God, that are broken. I thank you for the hearts that are being healed and lives that are being changed. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want you to pray a corporate prayer with, this, with me this morning. And, and let's, let's just say this out loud if you're comfortable in doing so. If not, then certainly just do it between you and the Lord. But let's pray this prayer of repentance together and commitment of a new lifestyle change. Lord Jesus, I come to you today willing to be broken, recognizing my need for more of you. Change my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Change my mind about it. And help me walk 
after your statutes. Change my heart. Create a clean heart in me and a new mindset that I am who you say I am. I'm not my past. I am my future. In Jesus' name.